Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. The Killer Women Vodcast is pleased to be a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. To learn more about Danielle and her books, visit her at www.daniellegirard.com and to access all of our vodcasts, go to youtube.com forward slash authors on the air. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Welcome to Killer Woman Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air Global Network with over 4 million listeners. I'm your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Catherine Coulter. Catherine is the number one New York Times bestselling author of 88 novels, including the FBI thriller series and a Brit in the FBI international thriller series co-written with JT Ellison, most of them hitting the New York Times bestseller list. Coulter lives in Sausalito, California with her ubermensch husband and her famous pirate cat, Eli. Her newest release, Reckoning, the 26th book in the FBI thriller series, is out on August 2nd. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you very much for having me. Isn't that a gorgeous cover? It is a gorgeous cover, but you know, I have to say, I was looking back over all the books. They've done an amazing job. I think it's hard to tie in books covers for those many books in those many years, right? Well, normally, you know, I have my hands all over them. And to be on, yeah, you know, they'll send me different, they'll send me different color, different kinds of covers and I'll say, nah, nah, good, but we need to do, so we're always tweaking. Yes. This one, I did not touch. I they love sent it. it to me and I said, who do I sleep with? This is wonderful. <laughs> And please put them on all the rest of my covers for the rest of my career. <laughs> I love it. I think, you know, covers are, I've had some come at me too and been like, and then I have to call my agent and say, could you talk to them about this cover? Because it's horrible. But this is a fabulous cover. I love breaking glass too. It's like, it's got so much momentum, right? You can just yes. feel it. Uh, and, the, and the title could have been shattered. You know, it could have been that would probably have been better, but I think there are a lot of shatters, maybe more than even reckoning. I don't know. <laughs> I, I never check. I actually never, I think it works amazing. I mean, it's, it is, and it's a fabulous book. I mean, you are, well, first of all, back up before I get all excited and talk, let's um, tell our listeners um, a little bit about reckoning. Reckoning, as you said, is the 26th in the series. And one of my favorite characters in, in, in all this series is Emma Hunt and the Hunt family. Uh, she first appeared in The Target, which was the third book. And you met her, her adopted father, Ramsey Hunt, a federal judge from San Francisco. And uh, he was kind of hiding out in the Rockies in Colorado. And then one day he goes into the, he hears a sound and he goes into the woods and finds this little girl who's been sexually and physically uh, abused. And so this is Emma and it's her story and how her mom finds her and how they have to escape the bad guys. It was one of my very favorites. And then um, Backfire was a five year sequel and Emma turned, uh, let's see, I guess nine or 10. It was about five years because she was six. So she was 11. And so we had another, another big to do in that one. 
And as you know, or as, as people might know, she's a, a piano prodigy. Uh, she's absolutely amazing. And so I said, I miss you, Emma. So let's get some more crap coming your way. <laughs> so, Poor 14 year old Emma now has had quite a life, right? Yeah, well, I think she's, no, is she, no, she's, I think she's 11 or 12. She's, oh yeah, 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 sorry, you're totally right. I'm thinking of um, what happened to when Kira was, um, okay, I'm in my brain. Okay, okay. Uh, now, Danielle, I'm looking at you. Is that appropriate? Yes. You can okay, look at me. Good. Yes, I mean, the camera is there just to capture us, but yes, I agree. It's hard to look at the camera when I know your gorgeous face is there, so. No, 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 because in the past, it's always I'm having to look at myself, which I really don't like. Oh, you know, oh. I much prefer looking at you. So oh. this is very, very nice. Thank you very much. So uh, th this is all sorts of good stuff, bringing back characters the, the reader should know. And if they don't, uh, they can go back and read those two books first. I would strongly recommend it. And then the other plot, uh, many times the plots dovetail. Yeah. And in this one, they do. Yeah. Yeah, which beautifully was a surprise. Yeah, big surprise that they dovetailed. Uh, uh, well, no, no, I take it back. They didn't really. Okay, I lied. I lied. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. The other one is about a young girl who is nearly killed when her family is murdered, and she survives. And what saves her is her uncle, who's Australian. And he, he's, he's kind of like, a, he's the big dude in Australia, you know, the extreme adventures and all this stuff. Let me kill an alligator for you and blah, blah, blah. So she spends her growing up years from age 12 to 18, well, to 22, because she goes to school in Canberra. And, but her, she always knows she's going to be a lawyer and she's coming back to find out who murdered her parents in Port Royal, Virginia. And so that's basically her story. We reintroduce, you see Griffin Hammersmith again, Mr. Gorgeous. And um, this, this was a lot, this book was, it, it's tough. This is a tough book. The reviews, I was surprised because one review said, well, this one is darker than, than some of the others. And I'm thinking, hmm, hmm, I didn't think so, but maybe so. I can see some. I can see some points in that, especially when the two women are together. And we, I won't say anything more than that because I don't want to, um, you know, I don't want to get in, give any clues. But there are some moments there that I thought were pretty. Well, they're heavy, but you know, in terms, they, you know, I maybe maybe people believe that I'm torturing Emma too much, but basically, she sort of steps out of the picture. Yeah. You know, which was I think the right thing to do to put it on her mom and Sherlock. And that was very interesting to see Sherlock and, and Molly in action. Yes. So it was, it was, a, it was so an much. interesting book to do. I really, really like the ending in yeah. Australia. And also there is a surprise ending with Savage and Sherlock. The very last line in the book should make everybody go, ah! I, it definitely did me. I was like, whoo. Um, but we won't talk about that because that would ruin it. And nobody should flip to the back of the book first because that is completely cheating, especially for such a great last line. So let's talk about this two plot thing. Uh, a lot of your books do this, Catherine. I know um, you did it in Vortex as well, which was the last FBI book. Um, is it some, and I can't, in my mind, I'm trying to remember, is it something that you always do? And then tell me, how do you manage to keep them? Are you writing every other? How do you manage to keep them separate and, and clear in your head? 
I'd say 20 of the books are, are double plotted. And again, some of them dovetail, most of them do not because they're very disparate sorts of plots, but sometimes they do dovetail. Uh, like in Backfire, they dovetailed, which was, which was a lot of fun to do. Uh, but most, most of them, I would say, and I fell, I fell into that habit, mm, maybe the fifth or sixth book. All right. And uh, the one before that was Riptide. Oh, that was fun. That it was, it's set in Maine. Uh, most of it is in Maine. And then we come to Washington, you're in New York and blah, blah, blah. But the bulk is in Maine. And so I remember on the tour, I told my publisher, well, I really want to start it in Maine because, uh, you know, the last time I was there, people said, why didn't you, why don't you write a book about Maine? And I said, well, you guys talk funny and I don't know how you talk. You know, I can't duplicate that. And those sweethearts, I got maybe a half a dozen different videos in and audios, and it was just wonderful. So then Riptide was set in Maine, and I set it near Camden, Maine, but it's a made-up town, of course, Riptide. Yeah. And um, so that, that was a lot of fun, and that, that was the last single-plotted book, I think. And then from there, it was mainly double plots. And I don't know why that started, but I think it was two ideas and I was just torn. I said, well, let's do them both. Why not? How do you do it? Do you write every other, I mean, are you sort of, are you writing, do you write, start at the beginning of a book and move? No, I go back and forth naturally. I say, okay, this, I now need to go back to this one. Okay. 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 Now there's the cliffhanger. Let's go back to the other one. And you try your best. Uh, to stop where you don't think the reader's going to be pissed at you. Right. No, I didn't want to that You know, so I really try hard not to do that to a reader because I'd be pissed too, you know. I Well, it just makes means we have to read on. I mean, there's always a question at the end of the chapter, which is, you know, I agree with you. Don't leave us really hanging, but there's always a question. So we want to, we're like, well, we can just stay up a little bit later, um, you know. <laughs> We'll go a, with a little bit less sleep and read the next scene. So, so many, how many years about, have I done that every night? Ah, yes. more, more. Yes, and I mean, listen to you talking about books that are tw now, you know, twenty books ago. How in the world, you know, do you keep all of these stories and characters? I mean, you're known. You have a huge cast of characters, as you. I mean, you just we just talked about half a dozen of them, um, and there's, you know these are characters who've been around for, you know, 20 books or whatever. So how do you, how is your brain locked that in? What's the magic? Uh, well, the brain really doesn't. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair. Well, actually, for example, uh, because I'm so smart, because I'm so brilliant. You are. Sherlock started out with blue eyes. They went to green. She went from being tall to being petite. He went from having blue eyes to dark, I, you know, because I was too unaware to right. dearie make a list make right. a freaking list right and uh so uh i never really did <laughs> but i've gone back and i've gotten certain people down but i'll for i'll forget i'll yeah. forget i'll have to go back and and look in a book and say now what happened here what happened here right um right. jt ellison who co-wrote uh, a brit in the fbi with me she, uh, what program, she used Shakespeare 
was it Shakespeare? I'm probably getting that word wrong, but she knew everything about Scrivener. every character in the universe. Yeah, was she using Scrivener? Yes. That's, yeah, yeah JT's a good friend of mine and it is, that is a helpful because you can create sort of post-it boards of your characters and stuff. Um, oh, I wanted to smack her. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't be so smart. She was so smart, so smart. What she brought to the what she brought to the series was the technology. Yeah. I mean, she was born with a computer chip in her armpit. So and true. so she knew all this really good stuff that I would kind of like go, huh? And uh, that really made a huge difference in expanding the scope of those uh, thrillers. You right. know, because there were so many cool things like a Faraday bag. What is a Faraday bag? Was that a thermometer or something? You know, and, and so I I learned a whole much uh, a whole bunch of stuff too. Yeah. So um, that was a lot of fun. You guys were called a halt, a halt to that series because I felt it had run its course. Yeah, yeah, that happens, of course. But it, they are what wonderful books they were. So let's talk about Savage because he was, um, he was but he doesn't appear at the beginning of the cove. He sort of shows up in the sort of end, or not exactly the end, but sort of the last third of that book, right? Which yeah. was the first yeah. pillar, right? Um, and now here he is. Like, so how did, like, what about him sort of spoke to you in a way that you were like, I, he has to be a central character. I, I, I want to get to know him. Well, you're not going to believe this, but it's totally true. And as a writer, I'm sure that you have experienced this. The cove was uh, entirely based on my sister's idea. I was at a family reunion and she walks up to me and for the first and last time, she said to me, she said, have you ever heard of a little town on the coast of Oregon called the Cove? And Great she name. said, they have the world's greatest ice cream and bad stuff happens. And I just went on, on point, you know, went on point because I'd never written, I'd written some romantic suspense, but not a pure thriller. Mm -hmm. So I told my publisher and, you know, they, they didn't want to monkey with it. Everything was working fine. So I just dug in my three inch heels and uh, I wrote the whole, I wrote the book and they loved it. They wanted to make it into hardcover. And I said, are you freaking nuts? You know, why not? Failing is fine, but you do not want to fail in hardcover. Interesting. Right? Interesting. So this was brand new, brand new. So they did it. And they brought it out in paperback and it did really remarkably well. They brought it out in hardcover later. Right. But when the book was out and all this kind of stuff, well, they said, well, when's the next in the series? And this was a standalone title. And I kind of went, what? <laughs> This was and, my friend. Yeah, exactly. I was doing this once. So this I know has happened to most authors. Yeah. There, there was Savage in the back of my head and said, what about me, Catherine? Mm -hmm. And I said, okay. He was a computer genius, yeah. which I was not, but that's okay. And he created Max. He, that was his, uh, you know, his mining program and all that. He was very, very good. And so he started then, the second book was basically Sherlock's book, but of course that's where the first book they were together. Right. Um, and then from then on, it just went. And I remember JT telling me, she said, well, a series is not a series until the fourth book. And I said, yeah, what's wrong? Oh, come on, go away, go away. She was right. She was totally right. The first book, fourth book was The Edge. 
And that's when it became a series and you know it, you feel it, you said, okay, we're, we're off, we're off, we're going out. Because we have this, because there's this, the, the connection between Sherlock and Savage and you've got this cast of characters and you open- And it just kept building world. up, you know, yeah. like you brought in point blank, you brought in Ruth Warnecke right. uh, in the cave and, and then she met Dix and now they're, they're practically in every book and Griffin Hammersmith, yeah. who was also psychic like Savage. Some people love the woo-woo, others do not. So maybe every fourth or fifth book, I'll have that in there. You yeah. know, I'll have some, some psychic stuff going on. Which is so fun. Like, why not play with this? You know, there's so many aspects of these characters. They have so many different things that they're good at and interested in. So let's talk about Sherlock, though. First of all, like, do you remember why? She, I mean, She's tall, slender, and blue-eyed. <laughs> That is, that's, she sounds like you. That's fabulous. Yeah, right. Tell me. Well, I'm only 5'9". Well, that is, I wish I was 5'9". I am barely 5'4 and 3 quarters. But how did <laughs> Sherlock, how did, how did the, first of all, how did the name, you just decide, like, what a fun name for a female, um, you know, Asian. She just, hang, she just you, have you ever written a book and, or you started a book and you couldn't get the name right? And yeah. they, they wouldn't move without the right name. Yeah. And it just came into my head. You're Sherlock, aren't you? And she said, yes, I'm here. Finally, right. Yeah, Finally, and that was it. Yeah. And she, it just worked out that way. Sherlock and Savage. And it just became yeah. a pair. It was They're, all unplanned. All unplanned. They're one. I love the duo. That the Playing with the, you know, the, the strengths of each of them is and, and sort of the way they worry about each other and the way they support each other and that's, you know, if I was going to be a, a, an FBI agent, I would certainly want to be married to, you know, um, somebody in the Savage. <laughs> Savage. So, I don't tell my husband, but Savage would do. I love it. So, okay. So now um, I love that your sister gave you that idea that bad things happen. Are you, um, are you a pantser or a plotter? Talk us about your process for a book. How do you well, first of all, Panther and Plotter, I hadn't even heard of that until maybe six years ago. Yes, right. I know. <laughs> and I'm definitely a Panther. Uh, I, I try to plot. I desperately try to plot, but it really never works because the way my brain works is ideas will come into the head. No, that one sucks. Well, how about this one? Mm -hmm. And so what you do is you just sit down and you write. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I tell in writing classes, I tell people I've never been able to edit a blank page. So right. you write, it can be crap. Who cares? You're getting a skeleton totally. and then your brain goes to work on it. Totally. So stuff that will come out could have nothing to do with this great outline that was kind of dancing around in the air over here. So definitely a pantser, although I wish I could plot better. That's totally me. AT is also a, 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 a pantser, but what happened was remarkable. What happened? We kind of looked at each other. Uh, I, I had an idea on the first book to do it about the Koinor diamond. And uh, this was the 106 karat diamond that in the Queen Mother's uh, crown. But no idea about a plot. She had no idea about a plot. We sat down facing each other and plotted one chapter to 99. What? Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And there were holes, but the fact of the matter is we did it. I think going off each other was kind of like writing and then thinking and right. you know, just back and forth. 
And uh, she came up with fantastic technical stuff and scenes that I never would have thought of. Right. And I come up with stuff she never thought of. So it was a, it was a wonderful. And I'd say, okay, we need another action scene here. Let me do, let me do, let me do, let me do, let me do. Okay, 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 okay. And so it right over the fun stuff. That's so, so. Did you then end up? That's incredible. So you basically two pantsers, as we now call them. And you're right. I, you know, I've been. Um, publishing for 20 years and it was definitely not a word that I used. It was only, are you a plotter? And I was like, no, I'm totally a failed plotter. I can't plot. But um, did you guys end up then, you know, doing that for future books? Were you able to? to, to well, some of them were easier than others because we just couldn't figure out what's gonna happen to you, right. idiot, I don't know. Right. And, uh, but it worked out, some were harder to do. Uh, she came up with more ideas. I'd come up, you know, it, it was just a very, I'd never done that before. She'd never done it before. So I think when you look at the six books, we're both very proud of them. Yes. Very, very proud. Yeah. And I get emails, really... people saying, well, when's the next Brittany FBI? And I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I know. It's it's sort of hard when you're you're ready to move on in your readers. Of course, we we love the the characters that we get to know and love. So of course we're always asking for more of the of the books. And the, the author gets to say, um, not I'm working on something different. So tell us about well, the, the thing is I, I would always answer back and I said, Well, you know how hard it was to come up with unique ways to try to kill them. <laughs> Six books of 27,000 ways to kill them, you know? And no. you're, ah! you're gonna get letters with with the suggestions on how to try to kill them so that you- Be quiet. Um, <laughs> so tell me, um, you know, now, do you write every day? Do you have a, like, is there a ritual for your writing? Um, what's, what sort of, how do you sort of structure your, your writing life? I'm a morning person. Um, uh, I, I usually am at the computer by 7.30 and I'll write till like 10.30. And then it's, uh, then it's playtime and then business and hiking that we started during COVID and, uh, and the gym was out. Yeah. So we started hiking, we never stopped. So that, that's really my day. I'm quite boring actually. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I think I think writers are creatures of habit. I I my days are very similar. I I we don't need to do that much, right? We're very busy in our own heads. So I um are, when you're out there hiking, is that sort of you know how are you setting up the next day? One of the things I find people ask and want to know is you know it's you get a scene in your head and you write it down and then you're like wow I did this, but then you know sort of the next scene is the thing that you're always. Well, I'm usually about. working on the scene I wrote like no that sucked how about this nah and, and so it's all over the board sometimes something will come to me but it's usually when i sit down in front of the computer it just kind of comes out thank you god thank you god yes exactly and if it doesn't then i'll just go back and be well i'm you know as a, a as a pantser you're always backward build up totally you're always editing because you're changing things constantly so uh I write five days a week. I do not write on the weekend unless there's a deadline. And I've become an elder. So, uh, you know, uh, one book a year, I used to do three and four books a year. I do one book a year and a novella, which is a historical romance, which I love, which is 
uh, Woo Woo. I, I absolutely love doing those. So that'll be out. The sixth one will be out around Halloween, I guess. Oh, okay. yeah. So, and I'm, I'm sure your your readers of your historical romances for all these years like to see you come back. You know, they, you know. Well, I, I couldn't do I couldn't do one. I do one of those a year and one because they were really very disparate genres. So you I, kind of have no constipation in the brain. So I just replaced it with a novella, which I could manage, you know. Right. And, right. Well, uh, you're. I mean, you're still. That's very industrious. Five days a week. I mean, that's you know, and what and a book a year is still hard. I think you know, I'm, I'm earlier in my career, and I'm. I still think a book a year is, is sometimes hard. So. Well, um, some people are one in five years. I mean, everybody's different, you know. And Nora Roberts has written about 500 books for heaven's sakes and we've written about the same amount of time and i'm on 88 excuse me so well, everybody is different you it's know? so true although i had i'd say Catherine, at 88 you're doing just fine so um so i heard you say um somewhere in, in that you can tell when a book isn't working because you literally get sort of stuck on a page and you know that you know you can't get it you can't get the characters to sort of move forward oh the characters will say excuse me i'm done Oh yeah, they'll just stop cold. Okay, okay. So then what do you do? Well, to be perfectly honest, I will tend to go to the other plot. Uh, and that will tend to kind of clear things out again. Yeah. And it normally does. It normally does. I think one time in my career, I've told people I do not believe in writer's block. I truly do not. I believe in a bad plot. So what you got to do is to be brave enough to toss it out yeah. and just trust that another plot's going to come from the parking lot in your brain. And it will. It will. I threw out 84 pages one time. It just go away. Couldn't do it. And, and of course, another plot comes along. So it, I don't believe in writer's block. I really do not. What do you think about that? I think you're right. I mean, I, I also think of the butt in the chair thing. I think even if you're working on something, even if the words are flowing and you know they're going to be towards a, a scene in the future of the book or a scene, you know, towards a character thing. But I think it's an interesting point that you feel like the that it's your, it's an indication that something isn't going right. Because I actually think that's usually my that's usually what I learn, but it takes me, of course, like a month to get to where you've already gotten. So I'll walk around the house and fold laundry and try to figure out why I can't come up with any words. And, and you're right. It's usually an issue with the story. Forget the laundry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, forget the laundry. Is yours, is yours <laughs> the pages. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I actually, weirdly, Catherine, I kind of love laundry. It's, I love doing things that that just don't use my brain because that's a really a time when my brain can sort of work on a story. Okay. Weirdly. Okay. And we're all so different. I'm not good at just sitting and staring. Like I feel like you know sometimes you have to stare out the window or something. I'm I'm too fidgety for that. Oh oh well, I write very quickly, very okay. very quickly. And yeah. again, it can be total crap. But it doesn't matter. It's down. It's down. It's down. Um, I'm trying to remember who was it. A friend of mine, she no longer writes, which I understand. She would sit for eight hours. And if she produced five sentences, she felt really good. And and she right. wrote beautifully. But I don't want to write the best sentence in the freaking universe. I right. want to tell a story. Let's right. get on with it. You know, you. I'm a story Beautiful I, writer. I, I totally Beautiful writer. And that is very that's a very dedicated 
writer friend of yours, but no, I, I, and I can't sit down that long. I, if I can sit for, if I sit for four or five hours, I am ready to spring through the ceiling. So I'm with three you. hours and I'm out of there. <laughs> and Nora writes 10 hours, eight, eight, no, she writes eight hours a day. She puts in a work day and I just say, you're nuts. You're just an alien, you know, anyway, yeah. she is. Yeah. There's too many fun things to do. So, um, do you have, do you, are you pretty much like I'm here for my computer, you know, for three hours and then I'm out, or do you say I'm going to get to this many words or everybody gets, oh, I just write for the, the time I never pay attention. Isn't it funny? I think there's a new thing that I've noticed lately where people are really like sort of obsessed with their, you know, word count and it's a certain word count. And I, I sort of feel like some days three hours can be 5,000 words and some days it can be, you know, 1500. So I, and who I cares? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the fact is, who cares? It is what it is. So don't stress about it. Just yes. write. Right. You know, just write. Every so once in a while, I'll, I'll check the word count and say, oh, okay. <laughs> but that's, it's so unimportant. You yes. know, it really is. Have you found too, with the number of books, it doesn't matter when I was writing historical romances or romantic fiction or the thrillers, they all come out about the same number of words. It's the most amazing, and I never even think about it. And I say, whoa, look. <laughs> Wait, so are, you somebody, like, are you somebody who thinks, like I have all these people now that talk about like the three act structure and I've always done that very instinctively. And sometimes when people ask, well, are you in the middle of act two? And I think, oh my God, I'm not even, I don't even know. I've just. <laughs> And I well, I'm on page like, 250, so I must be. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> I feel like I should know exactly sort of, but it is, it's, I think we, we, we heard, we've read so many stories and watched so many stories, right? We sort of sense it. Well, I think it's instinctive. Right. You know, and I love, I, I love when an author wrote, said, if you get to a saggy middle, kill somebody that always picks things right up. <laughs> That's true. Good idea. It's a little awkward in historical romance, but it works really well in thrillers, right? <laughs> so now I heard that you um, that your husband is your first reader. Is that true? He is. Uh, he's my editor, and uh, he's an absolute son of a bitch. Uh, you know, we try not to have divorce court because everybody in the house goes, "Oh no, no!" Exactly. Exactly. Um, but when the book goes in, the editor has nothing to do because it's perfect. He's, he's that good. He can't write out of a paper bag, right. but he can edit like a- But he's book. not an editor by trade. That's not his job. No, no. It just, we just kind of fell into it. Uh, he never edited or he never edits the novellas or any of the historical romances, except at the very beginning. And uh, I don't know how we fell into this, but we did. And since he retired, uh, oh, it's worse. <laughs> he's, he's got more time to be critical. So, I, uh, you know, I, uh, that, that, that is tough for me to get my hands around the idea that you that you that he reads those stories, because I'm married now to almost 28 years and I I want to kill that man when he makes any, even a little suggestion about something. So tell me, you know, how did he- Killing is a good idea. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, just a second, people, if you're looking at the top, you see the word Karen. Karen is my assistant. She's my right and left hand, half my brain, and this is her computer. So that's why her name is there. And we did not, we could not figure out how to change it. So my real name is Catherine, I promise. Okay. <laughs> so tell us, um, actually, that's a good point. Catherine, tell us why we are using Karen's computer, because I thought that was really interesting. Oh, Karen's computer is of course uh, internet, whereas I write on a PC, I don't want my computer on the internet just because it could it could go kablooey, the internet could go out, blah, 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 I don't wanna deal with it, so. And it's, it's, uh, do you think it's a distraction? Do you feel like you, you, cause you can't connect to anything, you can't check your email, you can't just, you know, we, I feel like we're masters of procrastination on the internet. No, I never even think about it, to be it's honest. It's not that. It's no, just when you work, you work. Yeah. And and truly anybody, I, I you were you were talking about all these things like first act and second act and oh go away. <laughs> uh, and being obsessed with word count or pages or whatever. People, I, I think so many workshops or people giving them advice makes them focus on the wrong things it makes them crazy is what it does. It makes them too crazy to ever write. Oh my God, am I in, what, 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 what should I do now? Is that, what, act two? <laughs> you know, this is just nuts. Just sit down and write and don't worry about anything else, you know? And just I hope, yeah, go ahead. No, just write your story. I think that's a really valid yeah. point, but I think, you know, we do look for, people want a how-to guide to do this and it's, like you said, everybody does it differently. It's not, it's not a really how-to thing, right? Yeah, and it's not rocket science. You, like you said, you plant your butt in the chair and you write. You get words on the paper uh, and then you can start thinking. Then you can start thinking and say, well, what about this? What about that? Right. What is my character going to do? Do you find your characters speak to you? Do you think they talk to you? Yes. Sometimes they're talking to each other so fast, I can't keep up. And I type 95 words a minute, okay? Oh I'm very, very fast and I can't keep up with them. This will happen, oh, once every two or three books, you know, for a little while where, where it's just, because they've been working on it back here without telling me. Right. Let them let us out, let us out. Ah! Right. See you. Especially the dialogue. I find that you can hear, that's what, that's the best, right? When they start to sort of talk to each other and you just feel like you're the court reporter. Yes, thank you. That's very well said. That's right, perfectly yeah. said. Whereas when it comes to descriptions, I usually will see it, but then I have to work on that a little right. bit, you know, to get this right, that right, the other right. Let me just hang that up again, okay. No, that makes total, I think that makes total sense to me. So, okay, so it's, we were talking a little bit about sort of the length of the books. And I think that's an interesting point. You were talking about how your historical romances, where there, there's no saggy, there's no option to kill somebody for the saggy middle. If they're well, kind of, yeah, because most of my historicals have, they're funny. And they have mysteries. Okay, so there's, there's a little bit of that in it, but it's a very different beast. No, there's a lot of that. Oh, there's yeah. a lot of that. Okay. Yeah. And then you find out that um, you find out that the books are about the same length. What do yes. you think? That's your subconscious that works through how a story is told, do you think? Yeah, I mean, the brain, I think you're training your brain too. The, the more you write, you're training your brain 
for expectations. And, and this is what's going to happen. And uh, it, 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 I found it amazing, but most friends who have written a long time say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Words, the, the books are about the same length. If they write an 80,000 word book, that's what they all are. You know, it, it just, have you gotten to that point? Yeah, I'm trying to carve them down a little. You know, everybody now wants a shorter book. Um, so I'm trying to be a little bit, but you're right. No, they always end up being about 100 to 105,000 words when I'm when I'm done with the draft. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Well, maybe that too, but then I will edit like a fiend and, and bring it down. Right. Uh, right. And then of course, Senor, Senor yeah no he's very very good I, I i would i would rather him do it because he will catch stuff that because he will spend 10 times more amount of time than an editor has time to i know they so you're going to get a better product even right. if, if if it's painful the product is the best it can be and that's what we want, right? We want the reader to get something that is is that is the very best that we can provide. So that's exciting. Yes, without me going to jail for murder. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also important. Let's not go to jail for murder. <laughs> um, plus, who would edit your next book if he was gone? So we need him. We need I'm sorry? Him. I said, who would edit your next book if we killed him? No killing your husband. No, maiming, maiming. I'm only to maiming. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> Just leave the parts he needs for editing. Um, okay, so so tell us now. What um, I know, you we have a, a time. Uh, I can't talk to you all day, even though I'd like to. I'd like to come over and talk all day. Um, what um, what is next? What's coming out? Uh, you've got a the historical um, romance coming novella. Well, it's a novella, and it's Jason Sherbrooke, and not Jason. It's Grayson Sherbrooke, and he's one of the characters in the eleven books. Sherbrooke's series and he was a very popular character and he was a writer and he wrote scary stories about other beings and so I just continued it in real life and he has otherworldly adventures all over the place so, so it's tons of fun and he has a little son he's a widower a little son Pip who's five uh, it's set in 1841 oh wow and in England and where he lives and you have all sorts of characters who bring in his family that you the readers already know. Right. And it's just a lot of fun. It will be sometime in October. It'll be out in October. This is a uh, beginning of August and we'll see, we'll see how it does. I don't know the, the pre-orders yet, for example, on Amazon, oh. I haven't asked. It'll be great. They're up there. Yes. Or not, people get out there and pre-order it. Exactly. So everybody, this is the book that's coming August 2nd, which is uh, coming right up here now. And then Catherine, two weeks. You, yeah. Is there another um, FBI book coming next year? Well, what's happened is I, I decided that I wanted not to be on a, I'm an elder. So I wanted more time to smell the roses Fair. and that I did not want to do uh be under contract anymore i would write a book at my pace when it was finished and i'd sell it i love it but they talked me into it they said take as much time as you want so we've set a two-year thing i love it uh well i'm on page 60 of the next book the outline is due a year from august <laughs> i think you're going to be just fine on that deadline i think i'm going to be fine but my husband will probably take a whole lot longer to edit it which is fine too i don't care i don't care yeah. 
but there's another one but don't yeah we just all we really want to hear is there is definitely another one that you're you're working on yes so that's that's what i understand that you spoke to allison before i did yes i did i've had i actually have had so much fun um i just decided you know i would I feel like I spend so much time alone in my basement with myself that I wanted to start to talk to women, um, you know, who are doing this kind of crazy job for women, right? It's, um, I mean, it's not a crazy job for women, but I feel like oftentimes people look at us and think, wow, you you look so normal. How does, how do those dark- You write children's books, right? <laughs> Young adults, <laughs> um, yeah, sexy romances, no. Um, so I, I thought it would be really fun to just get to explore this genre with, um, you know, women. And I'm so lucky I've gotten to speak to, you know, you're, some of the most powerful women in the business yourself right at the top of that list so i'm so i'm so grateful and allison brennan and um i'm gonna talk to sandra brown uh, coming up and it's really really fun I'll say so, hello to her i haven't seen her in a thousand years i know you know seen anybody right but i no, will no and tours are you know who wants to go on a tour anymore you just you just don't mm-hmm. plus tours really were even when we did them they were a total waste of money well, they're exhausting too. I'm not a good, I'm good for like about, you know, an hour. And then, so to do one after another, after another, that's, that was just too much for me. I'm an introvert. Okay. So. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm an extroverted introvert, Catherine, but I definitely, <laughs> after, after we get off the phone, I probably will go and take a short nap, but um, no, this is super fun. Okay. So we have another FBI book coming sometime soon no hurry you're taking your time you're smelling the roses are you let's just say two years two years and what what are your what are you doing with your fabulous elderness are you traveling hiking sounds like you're hiking a lot um everything is just more relaxed and i feel no pressure at all and things are just a, a lot of travel a lot of travel we do enjoy that um it, it's just very nice. It's just everything is fine. Good for you. And it's nice to say that. Yeah. And if you ever get out to Sausalito to see your friends or family, Kent is not that far away. No, it is not. So I would you love could certainly love. come to visit. We could go to lunch at the Spinnaker or the Cantina. I love both those places. I, it's so funny. It's, I have not been to Sausalito in, you know, a long time, but we used to, um, we used to do, um, see kayaking around there and then have, yeah. lunch, have lunch right at the you know spinnaker so that's yeah fun. We, ha- we still have lots and lots of kayakers oh, and you watch them bite the dust and you applaud because <laughs> most of them are tourists right you have a lot of <laughs> oh Catherine, what a joy well listen i want to thank you so much for joining us today um on killer women and i want everyone to encourage everyone to come and check if you have I can't believe there's anybody out there who has not read um, the FBI um, uh, thriller. In your mouth. But if they haven't, they've got a lot of catching up to do. And um, this was another fabulous installation. And Catherine, you you are um, a force. I'm so happy. Of course, I'm a force. Yay! (laughs) Okay, and this is Killer Women. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
We'll see you all soon and happy reading. Bye.